This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. Hello everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. This is our podcast where we love to talk about well, actually, I was going to say we love to talk about basket cases and how we then turn them into showcases. But really, we love talking about basket cases because in our humble but experienced opinion, there are some people in basket case clubs who just do things that are, I don't know, I was going to then say dumb, but how about I'd be nicer and say a little less than well thought out. My name is Michael Connolly and I will be your host for this little journey down our pathway of funny stories of crapfulness. And joining me as usual is my brother Steve Connolly. Hello, Steve. Hey. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Where do you go a, after a shit declaration? Like that. So I yeah. have a declaration, and that is that I don't really think that we have humble opinions. <laughs> <laughs> What's the opposite to a humble opinion? Yeah. <laughs> um, an out there opinion? An ar- yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say an arrogant opinion. We we have opinions. Put it that we way. We have opinions, and yes. we have opinions about uh, clubs some of which are showcases and some of which are basket cases. We do enjoy talking about the basket cases. We really enjoy turning them into showcases. But today we're going to talk about a topic that is, it's not the first time that we've talked about this topic. And this is not the first time that you'll hear from Michael (laughs) a story of uh, frustration from being on site at a sporting club. Uh, This time, interstate i believe i'll let you confirm that yeah yeah yeah. but it's it's funny you know as you started talking through the oh look let's talk about this today i said yeah and about five stories came to mind of things that i could bring up as well because it's and it, it, i suppose the underlying theme of of today's discussion you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think that it's don't make the the club minded decision make the decision that you should make based on your club being a business rather than this small community volunteer led organization. Yeah. Yeah. The we're just, we're just uh, yep. not, we shouldn't profit. be expected to do the right thing or we'll run like a business, run like a business. Yep, yeah. Cause we're just volunteers. Yep. Yep. So I won't tell you where this is in case we've got listeners who know the place, but I'll give you a hint. We, as our listeners it's know, in Australia. We in Brisbane. Yes, it's in Australia. We live in Brisbane. This is April. Today's the 26th of April, 2022. And this was last week. And I'll give you a hint to say I was cold when I was standing at this tennis centre. <laughs> It's not 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 cans. <laughs> yes. talking about Darwin. Yeah, the people in Port Douglas are going, dodged yeah. a bullet. <laughs> it's just as bad. So I looked up. I made the mistake of looking up. I'm, you know, I've, as many of you know, I've got a talented tennis playing son. And was, as you do, you stand on the side of a tennis court. Steve, for you, you stand on the side of a soccer field for half your life. It feels like half your life, that's for sure. And I made the mistake of looking up. So I'm standing next to this clubhouse. And I looked at the windows. Now, the windows, what colour would you call it? I've pulled up a photo. So, Steve, you can see what I'm looking aqua. at. There. It's a beautiful aqua. I don't reckon it started aqua. <laughs> you can see yeah. the colour of the bricks probably, next probably to the window. sea green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's not a pretty colour green. But, the, yeah, the windows are faded and peeling. So, the windows need a paint. And I'm looking at these windows that need a paint. And I'm thinking... The timber windows, cut. mind you. So, they, timber, timber windows, windows yeah. need maintenance. And these are timber windows that have not seen the joy of maintenance and before we get any emails of complaint i will clarify that the windows are still glass it's the frame of the windows that is made of timber. Yeah. 
and the the paint is peeling and the timber's really badly weathering underneath and it, and then there's cobwebs everywhere and the windows just look shitty like it's just it's and I'm sure that the regular volunteers and the regular committee members and the, even the regular players at this tennis centre probably don't see it. It's the forest for the trees syndrome. You just walk straight past it, and that's just how it is here. So I'm looking at these windows, and and then my eye just glanced upwards, and I actually got scared because I saw the pergola that sits above these windows. It's only got shade cloth on it. Now the reason it's probably only got shade, the possible reason it's only got shade cloth on it, not some solid structure that would keep the the rain and the sun off, is because then they thought they didn't need building approval for it and the timber that is i was going to say holding up i'm checking myself a lot today aren't i because it's not holding anything up the timber that used to hold up the shade cloth where it's connected to the beam that runs along the side of the brick clubhouse is completely rotted away completely rotted away so i can see in this photo a dynabolt into the bricks that's just a dynabolt sticking out of a brick where there used to be a bit of timber that was there as a support to hold this pergola up now i i saw that i looked up and i saw that and i, I literally said holy shit has nobody seen this I've got a friend who you know, Steve, who's incredibly badly injured by exactly this sort of thing, falling and smashing both bones in his lower leg. He'll he'll never be the same again. He's in incredible pain all the time, especially as it gets cooler. And this is exactly the sort of shit that fell on him and exactly the sort of thing that could fall on somebody at this tennis center. Mm-hmm. So I, a I, real I, risk. Yeah. So this is, this is not just risk. a Michael Rand. This yes, is. Thank you. We're, we're really. That. Yeah, and, and we've got the benefit of being able to look at our screen and see the the photo of what you're talking about. I think you've explained it well enough to give people the picture, but this is exactly the sort of stuff that we see day in, day out. We see this sort of stuff at tennis clubs, cricket clubs, football clubs, bowls clubs. and in every one of those bowls clubs and every one of those instances, I reckon what you said rings true, which is that no one who frequents the facility actually notices this stuff yeah. because it was yeah. probably like that when they first got involved and it's easy to ignore. It's easy yeah. to focus on the problem that's pressing right now until this becomes the problem that's pressing right now. Cause it's caused, you know, irreparable injury or damage yeah. to property. Yep. And those pressing issues are going to be, we've got to go out and bag the courts. Our fencing, yeah. our nets need replacing. The fencing's got, got some dags on it. We've got Kids to replace need new jerseys. Yep. Yeah. And they've, yeah. So anyway, so I was a bit bummed at that. And I'm just thinking it's not that big a deal. You know, I'm not in regional Australia where labor is incredibly hard to come by. Sure. You might need to wait a week, a month, a couple of months to get a trade in to get up and fix this, but it's not that big a job. There's probably a couple of grand worth of timber in that maybe a thousand dollars worth of labor to do the job and do it. But properly. You could pull it down with a working bee at no cost and take away the immediate risk. Or go even one step further and get a labourer in to do that who actually knows what they're doing and isn't going to let that fall on their heads. Even better. (laughs) But it's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, and the painting. Like, seriously, you've just had your house painted. Well, you just had your your garage painted. And if you don't mind sharing, how much did that cost? Uh, The garage painted, so full, you know, double garage separate from the house, including paint. Oh, and this is painting the roof as well. This is painting the roof as well. Would have been less than a thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? No, I thought you were going to say a few at least. No. Anyway, this is far so a less hundred bucks. Maybe three hundred for paint, and yeah, yeah. 
So we're talking, even if you're just doing the windows here, it might be a few hundred dollars to get yep. that done, get it cleaned up. I don't know if it's lead-based paint. I don't know how old it is and I didn't taste it to see if it had lead in it. I didn't want to get with us. cobwebs yeah. out, yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't be much to get that done and it'd just be done and the place would look fantastic again. And yes, just do what's, what's right first and remove the rotted pergola from the top. Anyway, yeah. that's where it started and I then had time standing at the edge of a tennis court and I looked around. So I'm just going to scoot forward to the next photo and it's, one, uh, it's a photo of a laminated A4 sheet of paper with a printed notice to members on it. And I want to read this to you. It says, members, with an exclamation mark, you're a hit. At least they got the spelling of your right. <laughs> I must say, that's the sort of thing that I always look for. Get oh, a life, Steve. Uh, can you lend a hand? Your club is run entirely by a volunteer committee. Every dollar we save on professional services and maintenance is a dollar that goes towards major asset renewal, new fences, court upgrades, clubhouse renovation. Mm, the clubhouse hasn't been renovated in a while. If you have a talent that you can share, I'm an auditor. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a tradie. I'm excellent at talking to local government. Or no particular talent, just a little bit of precious time to give. We would love to hear from you. We have working bees, special projects, court care, and a skills list you can contribute to. A couple of hours every couple of months is gold to us. If you're happy to get in, if you're happy to be involved or can't and would prefer to make a financial donation instead, please get in touch and there's the email address. So hey, that's the, a lovely sign that no one reads it is a lovely sign that no one reads and the purpose of this episode is not necessarily to bitch and moan about facilities in a rundown condition and how people should take better should pay better heed to their responsibilities for good asset management of course you should be all using asset track assettrac.com.au to manage your assets and get reminders about what's coming up as this tennis club is certainly not but the question that i want to ask here is how well do you reckon this club is valuing the time of its members as opposed to a few dollars to get shit done? So this is a this is an argument that I I don't have a really fixed position on it because it does change from time to time and from place to place. But I really want to just question in this case whether this club should have a sign like that and you just turn literally around, face 180 degrees the other way, and you're looking at the clubhouse that is the pergola of which is literally falling down. <laughs> and to say, surely there's a better way to be doing things here. Surely, and Steve, you remember I showed you before the photo of the um, the photo board inside the clubhouse, where there's a picture of the local politician, obviously a semi-phase, semi-staged photo with the local poly no, standing there. Never. That's with an genuine. interested look on his face, listening to the the president of the day, who I shit you not, is standing there in a red and black velvet tracksuit, and it's only April 1990. So this is 30 years ago. And I guarantee you that this photo you can see of the pergola down here, down the bottom of this photo board is when it was built. So it's 32 years old, probably has had no maintenance in that time. It's probably the same age as the window paint, Steve. It'll be, be about right. And nothing's been done since then, despite the fact that there's this lovely sign on the fence telling members that they're a hit and saying, hey, if you can give us a couple of hours, we won't have such a shit clubhouse, but we still do. So my take on it is... You've got to strike a balance between where, if, if, how much you get people to do around a club and then what jobs you think aren't reasonable for volunteers to do anymore. So that's why I checked you before. And I said, well, I don't think it's, it's reasonable to get a, volu a volunteer up on a ladder who might be that president who was not a spring chicken 32 years ago, might be that dude getting up the ladder to pull the pagola down himself and have an accident. Yep. 
And what it's then better to say, you know what, let's just run a good enough business so that we've got enough money to pay for the things that we need to get done professionally, like painting, like ripping down the pergola and like putting up a new one if we want one. So I was just thinking struggle. As, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I wonder how different your experience and what you saw would have been if this was a commercial business, if this was not a volunteer organization but this was a privately owned, privately run tennis facility, as we see in some of the major cities. Yeah. Well, uh, very different is my guess. <laughs> Dude, I was at one. <laughs> so this yep. is where he was doing some practice. Yep. And then we went to the, and chalk and cheese, man, chalk and cheese with yep. all the taps work. The inside, the clubhouse was beautifully well-designed, air-conditioned, luckily, because yeah. I was freezing my nuts off. <laughs> so one of, one of the, one of the other, stories or examples from other clubs that jumped into my mind as you were talking me through these photos was Willow, my daughter, her soccer club and her soccer club charges an absurdly low annual fee. So it's, uh, it might be $165 to play soccer for five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And training facilities uh field you know you might pay a little extra for your but i think no that includes just your socks and shorts so it's cheap if, if you compare that with did they train steve yeah once a week okay so, so if it's a 25 week season that's 50 touch points do you know that works out at three dollars 30 a touch point and some parents will say that's expensive because you'll never keep everybody happy all of the time but it's 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 too little and the reason that i know it's too little that they're charging of members is that the club has over the past couple of years been working towards the construction of a new canteen and storage shed so next to their existing canteen and storage shed which is in a similar state to some of these photos it's literally falling down and mm. is unsafe wouldn't pass any sort of <laughs> health inspection in the canteen. So they've been through the process of, you know, getting support from the school uh, on whose land the club is based and, you know, from which it operates to, to, to build a new building next to the existing one, a new shed next to the existing one, then to go through the process of securing some grant funding, which they managed to do. And they've, then laid the slab and built the shed on top of that slab. And it was only when the dads of one of the other kids in Willow's team was ex who's a Sparky who was explaining to me his experience in the club president, having asked him for some help to, to do the electrical fit out of this new <laughs> canteen and storage shed. And he walked in to, he was then, you know, explaining the story to me after the fact that he'd walked into the shed and, and said, right, so where are all of the provisions for the electrical work and, and where are your provisions for waste and plumbing and so on? And the president kind of looked at him with a blank face and, and it was the president who's been acting as the project manager. And he kind of said, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so this is a slab that's been laid as just a slab on the ground. And of course the concreters when laying it aren't going to say, Hey, are you guys yeah, putting any provisions in here, here for electrical or plumbing? Yeah. So uh, it is 
now post-construction, post-acquittal of the little grant that they got, that they're faced with this dilemma of not having the ability to properly service this thing with plumbing and electrical. <laughs> so how do you run a fridge without power? <laughs> so, they've, yeah, so they've got an extension water, lead right. <gasps> running from the old shed into oh. the new shed. And, and they have, they're only using it for storage. They have no canteen operations. From of course it. they are. It's not a habitable so, building. So every time I walk into the, the club facility and I see that shed and I remember what I paid for the annual membership fee for Willow to play soccer for 25 weeks or whatever it is, I think there's something fundamentally wrong with this model. Yeah. We are being charged too little. The club therefore has not enough money that it's dry. And the, the poor president is not a project manager. He is not someone who manages projects like this on a day-to-day basis. So he's not as well placed to do that job as someone who does it for a living. Yeah. Not to say so, he's incapable. Not to he say he hasn't incapable. done it before. He doesn't have the experience. I feel so doesn't I, know what to look for. I really feel sorry for the guy because he will inevitably be having fingers pointed at him and yeah. blame placed on him. And he's just doing the best that he can. Yeah. But the thing is that his time may have been better spent elsewhere. And the, maybe the club should be charging a little more and using that money to deliver projects, you know, better services so that members can be satisfied and, and continue to participate with the club. But instead yeah. we place this inordinate focus on what people pay to play rather than the amount of time that the small group of volunteers inevitably need to spend to keep that, you know, in inverted commas, downward pressure on fees. Mm, yeah. It's, it's just such a fundamentally flawed model. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure that you've, I know you've definitely told me that story before. It may very well have been in a basket case cups clubs yeah, forum. Probably, probably more than once. <laughs> yeah, possibly like, more than once. And I, and I still, as recently as the weekend just gone, so a few days ago, turned up at the club and thought this is really frustrating that this is still going on. Yep. Yep. So you called it a fundamentally flawed model and that's like, that's a, that's a big call. I wonder if it's a fair call. Like I'm just trying to think, is it, is it wrong in every case or are there cases where the story that you told where we've Mm -hmm. got a building that is not going to be able to serve its purpose without creating more danger by running bloody extension leads across the ground rain hail or shine so i don't think that's okay but uh, is, is it it's a fair point wrong in every case if uh, well let's talk about facility responsibility then if it's a club that has responsibility for or, or you know maintenance obligations over a facility then perhaps in that case yes it, 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 in every one of those cases the answer's Maybe yes, in my opinion, and I'm still. If, if there's those opinion. obligations, then they haven't. Well, that's uh, they are obliged. Yep. Obligation and obliged, I believe, are from the same root. <laughs> they are obliged to run a business that that is sustainable, yep. that can then meet their obligations. And by sustainable, I not only mean you've got to have enough money to do the shit that needs to be done, but you've got to have a succession plan that says, "Hey, when old mate is no longer wanting to be president." Is there somebody who's going to want to take up that mantle knowing that it's going to cost them 15 to 20 hours a week because we don't have structures in that club that support 
that club being able to do anything differently. Exactly. And you need to assume that the answer to that question is no, you are right. not going to find someone else. You might, you might be lucky, but at some stage you're not. We're, we're on yeah. this trajectory of declining volunteerism. I don't think anyone will dispute that. And if you do, we have got some clubs that <laughs> would be happy to take your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we're not going to see, I don't expect that we're going to see a rapid turnaround in the willingness of people to provide their time to volunteer. However, anecdotally, at least, I have experienced an, in, an increasing willingness for people to pay uh, to receive the service that they're expecting without having to, to volunteer, to contribute. You know, I'm looking at this photo on your screen now of the call to arms, so to speak, for volunteers. Now, that just doesn't, you and I know that doesn't work because it's really easy to ignore. It, 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 that's beautifully well written. And when you put it's, on your radio announcer voice like I did to read it, it's fantastic. It's it, great. It, it's really nicely written. It's but going to work because people can ignore it. And, and when I read that, I think, oh, well, you know, other people will see that and that's someone else's responsibility. But the problem is that everyone does that. Everyone I don't know whether that. I'm an asshole, but I see that and I go, well, hang on. If, if you're doing that, what is this club not able to provide because you don't have the resources to? Because of the proof is in the pudding, you mean? You've... Yeah. But, and then I turn around. So they're not able to do it. They, they can't deliver. And I turn around and see the, here, just let me scroll back a couple of photos for you, Steve. Boom. There yeah. you go. There's the rickety old rotting, falling mm. down pergola. So really, it, it sounds like we've got a whole heap of volunteers who don't value their time correctly. So let's just let's just spitball for a minute. I reckon that's a fair comment. I reckon that's a very fair comment. That and I I will go one step further to say that a lot of volunteers with whom we work, i.e. the the core group of volunteers within a club, so probably the committee, but also the the doers of a lot of operational things they value other that the time of other volunteers over theirs. And the reason that I say that is that I've heard people in committee discussions say, oh yeah, we've got to remember, you know, we're asking these people to do this and this and this, these people being other volunteers in the club who provide far less hours typically than these people who are having these conversations. We've got to remember that they're only volunteers and we can't ask them to do too much. And I often jump in and say, whoa, 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 hold on. What about yourself? You are included in that yep. list of people and you yep. are already doing too much. You will get to the point of being burnt out. This is not, as you just said, a sustainable. Yeah, because who's going to take it on? Yeah. So this valuing your time thing, I think I've mentioned it before when we were doing some work on a house and I was back and forwards from the hardware a few times over the course of, it wasn't a weekend, but it was in the school holidays. So I'd, I'd taken some leave to do a whole heap of work for more for therapy than, you know, I'm about mm. to talk about valuing your time. So I know I could have got tradies in to do the work. How did that was, go for your carpal tunnel? Yeah, really well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Just yeah, case in point, my radiographer. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping his kids in sport. So there was a couple of people there from, I think it was a roller skating club. And they were there for two full days. They had a table of raffle items. I think I've mentioned this before, just with crappy things like an old drip filter coffee machine and a a fry pan that it looked like it was still in its box, but the box looked like it had been in storage for a decade. And they were there for two full days selling raffle tickets to shit that people probably didn't want to win anyway. So when I was there, I saw nobody at the table. I certainly didn't buy a raffle. I did buy a sausage with the onions on the bottom. I did buy a sausage, but I didn't buy a raffle ticket in this shitty raffle. And then I'm driving away on the second day thinking those 
poor buggers, they've been sitting there for ages. They've probably made very little money. And I thought, hang on a minute. If they just had not taken leave for those two days mm-hmm. and stayed at work and donated the money that they earned for those two days to their club, it would have been more than they made from the raffles once you take the cost of sales off. So they're valuing their time at nothing. Yep. And I was just mortified and I thought, should I should I go back and tell them? That? And I thought, no, they'll probably punch me in the face because they've been here for two days. <laughs> so the real question is, so to get towards some takeaways, Steve, I think that the first question that a club needs to ask itself, and this is really a decision for the leaders of our club, which as everybody knows is the elected board or management committee, is where is your line in the sand? What jobs do you no longer think are reasonable to put onto a volunteer? And just start to separate it out. That's that's different in every case. And to go back to where I was fishing with the question about your fundamentally flawed comment, in some cases, it may be okay to ask volunteers to do maybe a little bit more because there aren't there isn't money in town because we're in a very small town, or there just aren't aren't many of us. So in a small craft organisation, for mm-hmm. instance, a quilters club, the volunteering together, the doing the setup, the doing the pack up is actually part of the activity overall. So the, the volunteering is interwoven with the activity and, that, and that's okay. But it, it's a reminder of the level of service graph that we've talked about before where you, you don't have dollars is not the only variable here. If you have to charge less, you can deliver less. I often make the comment about how you can make more money by selling a bag of chips. You can either put the price of the bag of chips up or put less chips in the bag. Mm. Both are a choice. So you don't just have to offer the same level of service at a cheaper price because that's going to put increasing pressure on the small number of people. I call it the STP, you call it the SEP, the same 10 people, or in your case, the same eight people who are doing everything anyway. So that's, Mm. again, not sustainable. So you can control that. If you do, of course, you take a meandering journey to getting it right. You don't just jump and all of a sudden drop your level of service or double your price. You, you telegraph your punches, you explain. And all you got to do to explain why here, why the fees at this tennis club might be going up a dollar an hour for court hire, $2 an hour at nighttime is because we've got some shit that needs to be done because it's dangerous. And as soon as an inspector, whether this is a private facility or a council facility or a, a, a crown facility, I don't know. But any inspector is going to walk in there and go, whoa, this ain't right, and shut the bloody place down anyway. Like, mm. nobody gets hurt, but we have to shut down till it's fixed. And no no volunteers are allowed there. So we saw that in some cases after the floods here in Queensland at the beginning of this year. Some councils said no volunteers are going onto any of these sites until they've been professionally assessed as safe. And that's that pissed some volunteers off because, they're, man, we want to go and get our hands dirty. Well, in that case, quite literally. Mm. But it's, well, hang on a minute. What if you're electrocuted? What if you cut yourself on that, see that little bloody diner bolt sticking out of the brick there with no timber? What if you cut yourself on that and then get sepsis, sepsis because there's shit in the water that then goes into your wound? Like, that's not okay. That, that's an unreasonable risk and an unreasonable position to put volunteers in, in my unhumble opinion. <laughs> so that's step one, as far as takeaways goes. Where is your line in the sand? And then, and that's on field and off field. So on field, we're already moving, we have already moved to a model where the majority of our officials are paid in some capacity. And we've talked about that and the best way to pay them, making sure you've got a proper system of human resource mm-hmm. management. 
But then the next question then is, all right, if we've decided that there are a whole heap of jobs that it's no longer reasonable to ask a volunteer to do for reasons of safety, or it's just not a very nice job and people don't want to do it, and we need to pay people to do those jobs then, be it a contractor capacity, a yep. statement by supplier capacity, and a casual employment, a full-time employment, part-time employment, whatever basis it is, then the second step is what do we need to do to be able to run our business in a way that can support that model? And that sounds like, in the case of this tennis club here, that probably sounds like an impossible question to ask. How dare you suggest that we increase our price? Do you know how many of our members are on pensions? Do you know how many people couldn't afford? And my, my answer would be, no, I don't. And do you? How many, how many is it, actually? You, you, you're asking me how many it is. How many is it? And have you tested? And if you can't run the business because you might get shut down because an inspector, a building inspector yep. comes in and says, whoa, you're out of here, or worse, somebody's injured or killed because of the, the shitty condition that you've left this place in, yep. is that going to not be worth having put your membership fees up by a, a known number of dollars a year and then increased your regular sales? I, there's no pro shop here. Is, this, is there an opportunity to have a pro shop? What other revenue raising opportunities do we have here? Mm, it's not I, just... no. The, a question to say we can't do it our members can't afford it well have you asked and for crying out loud this is sport you know we've said it before sport is part of the very fabric of our culture yep don't take unnecessary stupid risks i just as you were talking then i think that you know the the point you made that is often a, a point that's raised with us you know you don't understand the demographic of our membership or our customer base. None of that matters if someone is seriously injured or killed. Hmm. So, and, and that is not a valid defense in court. <laughs> and none you of know, that, none of it matters if we're shut down because we can't operate. None of it matters if we then can't provide our service to anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we and run I, a business model that means that we can accommodate it when the building inspector says you shut down until that's pulled down yep. and then we have to pay somebody anyway because they won't let volunteers in to do it. Rightly so. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, this underpins my feeling that there's some serious flaws in certainly the thinking of people who run a lot of volunteer clubs about which we're talking, but but also in the business model that there's an undue focus on saving money and or, or, or not uh, billing our customers <laughs> an amount that is commensurate with the service that they receive yep rather than setting these businesses you know yes recognizing they're not-for-profit businesses up for long-term success yep. by building pricing structures and, and business models that support ongoing sustainability and the ability to be around in another 50 years to keep providing participation opportunities for tennis or craft. And, 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 and I think that it's still reasonable to tie this focus to facility provision, because if you're a craft group, simply paying a fee to access someone else's facility, be it a council, other government entity, or some other not-for-profit organization that's making their venue available to you. And that should be at a cost because wear and tear is being put on that venue that is going to need eventual repair or replacement. Then 
as you were touching on earlier, there's probably not the same level of responsibility placed on that organization to ensure they're generating sufficient revenue to cover those the facility maintenance and therefore keeping people safe. Yep. But, <sighs> but I'm sure that I could find something else that those organizations should still be spending their money rather than time or, or their volunteer or their members money rather than time delivering. Yep. So fascinating story. I think that's probably enough of a rant for today. <laughs> we have provided solutions. We've drawn draw a line in the sand yep. and then figure out what you can do to run the business better. Of course, if you want advice and guidance in how to do that, and indeed just an extra pair of eyes to have a look around at the forest that you're missing for the trees, contact us at CPA Group. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we do. Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you again. For our listeners who have been sending in some good ideas, thank you, and please keep them coming. If you're not already following us on social media, you can do so. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter where we've got tidbits, and you'll probably see an article or two, maybe even with a photo of this tennis club, or at least the rotting timber, come pop up over the next few weeks as well. That big thanks to Jess, our wonderful editor and producer, for making us sound good and trimming out the crap that you don't want to, <laughs> don't want to hear anyway. Of which there is plenty. Yeah, of which there is always plenty. Yes, and it's always me, Steve. You, you're just words of wisdom and go only gold. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> thanks again for your time I look forward to chatting with you again next time likewise see you later bye, bye.